about the beats. Late night on the fan, Keith McPherson. Hello. Good morning, good morning. We are on the other side. First things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. For real. You knew that was coming. Call me up, man. I got two hours to rock. We're just passing the time in the holidays. Now it's Thursday. Holiday season. Trying to get to the next holiday weekend. Happy New Year. I'm ready for it. Definitely going to sauce up somewhere. Got to slide, I think, back home. Down the shore a little bit. Um, but it's Thursday. NFL Week 17 kicking off. How about them Cowboys? Cowboys will be playing against the Titans. Not the Teen Titans, the Tennessee Titans. And uh, the Titans don't want any smoke with the uh, Dallas Cowboys right now. It's going to be Malik Willis, and he's going to have a long day. The Cowboys have been uh, kind of struggling a little bit on defense, haven't been able to sack the quarterback. They've been having some changes in their secondary with injuries, and uh, it'll be a good test for them on a short week to not be frauds, to go out and handle business. And they've been talking all week about their Arctic white, all white, color rush uniforms. I have one. I have one in Micah Parsons. Uh, but it's just the regular, you know, white with the blue star on the side. And they got the white helmets to match and the white pants. So they should look cool out there. Hopefully they don't lose out there and embarrass all the Cowboys fans. America's team to laugh at. Here we go again. I'm ready to be hurt. I'm ready for another failure. It is what it is. If they lose in the playoffs to Tom Brady, I won't be surprised. But if they advance, I also won't be surprised. Because out of all the years... This is the year that the Dallas Cowboys should actually, like, make a run. It's between Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, who's hurt, so maybe Gardner Minshew. Don't, I don't even, like, I'm not even counting Tom Brady. The team is not good enough. I don't care, you know, how much they want to say Tom Brady is the GOAT and Tom Brady can do anything in the TB12 method and look at this guy. He's not even considering retirement. He should be considering retirement. Go home. Be a family man. You got a whole divorce in the middle of the season. <laughs> Whatever. Keep McPherson on the fan. 877-337-6666. Back to your calls right now. Let's go to Remy in the Upper East Side. Hello. Hey, Keith, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for calling up. Uh, who do you think should retire sooner? Sad sack Wilson or Brady? <laughs> Brady. <laughs> just, just, kidding, just kidding. No, but that's a good that's a good one. Because Zach Wilson, yeah. I mean, he he Sad just looks sack. like he can't play. And I, I mean, I don't I just I feel bad for the kid. He's in over his head. They should have never drafted I do, I, him. I do I know you played at least high school football as a quarterback right yeah I was I was better in high school than I was in college but I did play in college so you know the game well I'm I'm, I'm I was pretty much of a nerd in school I didn't play sports that was more I was more I guess I was in a library most of the time unfortunately that's good that's good I mean it ain't for everybody it ain't for everybody but, but I but but I have uh, you know and, and you've been wonderful I've, I've learned a lot about sports you know, listening to the fan and uh you've been wonderful but I, I found something very curious. I thought it was a very bizarre coincidence, Keith. I don't know if you're interested. Have you? Are you familiar with StatNews.com? StatNews.com. I'm not. 
Oh, stat S T A T M U S. Oh, stat muse. Yeah, on on Twitter, stat muse. I'm I'm very familiar with their like little um, cartoon graphics, and then they hit you with stats exactly. about different players, teams. They're uh, very visible on Twitter. That's uh, that's true. But I found something very interesting. I'm a big Judge fan. I'm more of a Judge fan than I'm a Yankees fan, believe it or not. But I just I, I adore the player, his character, the whole thing, everything about Judge. Yeah, just a wonderful human being. But what I noticed, and it's very interesting, you had three Yankees who held positions in the outfield, all including center field. And you know who they were? They all had the same uh, OPS, interestingly enough. DiMaggio Knight. Yeah, um, it says here, stopmuse.com. DiMaggio, Maris, and Judge? All the same, 977. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, makes sense. It, it, it does make sense, although... Uh, to be fair, judges played fewer, you know, way fewer games, and it, it may decline to age and so forth and so forth. Fingers crossed. He adds over the next nine years to that. Oh, I, I also wanted to add. This might help you, Keith. Uh, don't you wish, in your dreams, that Mr. Cohen of the Mets owned the fan? Own WFAN? <laughs> just think. Hey, just think. Instead of that ham that they gave you for Christmas as a gift, you know, your Christmas bonus. <laughs> think of that, Keith. What, I didn't what, get a what, ham. What, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm being, I'm being if, uh, But what I'm saying is, wouldn't you love for Mr. Cohen to own, own, your, own your station? Yeah, of course. <laughs> if he's interested in and buying last, WFAN, yeah, come through with it. La- Hook it up. And last, lastly, lastly, and, and I do thank you for your time. Uh, regarding the Yankees, I, I really like Tatis. I know with his the situation with the steroids and so forth, who knows. But is, is there a way... We could we could get him maybe a, a trade with uh, what's his name uh, the second baseman Torres and maybe somebody else in the, in the minor leagues. What do you what do you think? So, and I'll, the, I'll hang up. I'll let you talk. With the intention of putting Tatis in left field? No, no, somewhere in the in, infield, Tatis. Shortstop. Uh, third base, any, anywhere in the infield. Well, Tatis. We, I don't know. Fernando seen, Tatis Jr. Have we seen him play third? I think he, I think we have seen him play a little bit of third, maybe. I think he played third a little bit. No, I don't know. Um, what's his What's his status now? Do you know anything, Keith? Have you heard anything? I mean, he's just trying to lay low. Last I saw, he was dancing in the club, flapping his arms, um, shaking his dreads. Kind of looked like what, he like he was uh, on one, but they said he was sober. Um, he Top was a great five. player. Yeah, uh, he Top was the face player. of baseball a couple years back. He was one of my favorite players. I wanted to get his jersey. They were sold out. Um, he, he dropped the Very ball, excited. though. You know, you, you hand a kid a, a, a blank check like that at that age, he's yeah. riding his motorcycle yeah. off the road, and, and he's doing steroids and telling people that he had a ringworm and put some wrong cream on it. I did much worse when I was his age. <laughs> yeah, I, get into yeah that I think we all, but we so, weren't, you know, too much is given, oh, much no, is I, expected. I don't think we were, you know, we were all worse than Tatis, but we weren't the shortstop for a major league club. Uh, that's tied to him for a decade and a half for $300-plus And I like your argument with regard to the Jets and maybe replacing Wilson with with the two guys, uh, Garoppolo yeah. or the other guy. The in Jets Oakland. have to just go ahead and, and, and push all their chips in and get a NFL quarterback in here. Uh, they, they failed Zach Wilson. Mike White is all right for right now. He's a Band-Aid on the situation. But you got to dream bigger and, and do better. And I don't think Mike White is. We'll see what he does these last two games. But I don't think okay, he's better than Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. And if no, those guys are absolutely. available, this team needs him. Right. 
I'm a Jets fan, and you can imagine how much I've suffered. <laughs> it's, Don't it's, feel bad. As it's as everlasting a suffering. Fan. It's like, it's. Uh, I mean, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, at least I'm used to getting like 10, 11 wins, 12 wins. For the Jets, it's like, how will they embarrass their fans next? What will they do to like, you know, owe the pain with Joe Beningo? Like, that's the perfect name for a podcast. Oh, what will He's they do to Joe, bring Joe's pain so upon their fans next? <laughs> you and Joe... You and Joe would be wonderful as 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 a duo. I'm telling you. I've never been you on would. with Joe. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, knocking it. Maybe. Uh, you know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a. I don't know. I'm not a Jets fan. Not a Mets fan. I feel like. Well, if I were your agent, if I were your agent or manager, I'd get you guys together. And I have. You don't know about my pet. Doesn't mean anything. I've got no agent. Got Stern no show. manager. I'm my own agent. My own manager. Somebody's listening. But you've been wonderful. You're wonderful, Keith, and keep going. And, and I wish you the best. You and your family. And you have a, a, a wonderful, happy, uh, and, and just a happy new year. And uh, keep going. Thank you, I, Remy. I love listening to you. Happy okay. holidays. Holiday season. Holiday season. Get into the next holiday weekend. It's Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Sauce it up. Not right now. I mean, if you're already drinking, go for it. But don't drive. Don't drive. And if you're driving and you got the beer in the whip, don't even crack it, bro. I know it's tempting. I know. Just wait till you get to where you're going. It's, it's not worth it, man. It's not worth it. New Year's is coming up. It's on the weekend. Figure out where you're going to go. Figure out where you're going to end 2022 and get to 2023. I was thinking the other day, man, you know how, how crazy it is? Like COVID-19, COVID-2019. Now we're about to be four years away, like. I, I'm pumped. Like, let's every year that we can get further away from 2019 into 2020, which was a trash year, great. The more years we can stack past 2020 that are like regular years that are not like that, great. The further I can push that year back out of my memory, fantastic. Let's get to 2024, 2025, act like 2020 never happened. That sucked. What a warped year. I think back to some of the things that we said and did and acted and how it went down, and I'm like, Wow, and, and like 2030, we're going to be looking back on 2020 cringing. Like, what was going on? Anywho, let's keep it going on the phone, man. Young Dom is out here. Let's go to Florida and talk to Young Dom on the fan. What up, kid? Yo, what's up, Keith? You know, I'm in here watching Ole Miss and Texas Tech. You know, they got all these holiday bowl games on and you don't have to know the players. You just watch them. There's no real NBA. I think uh, the Warriors are on, but, you know, hosting the show, talking sports. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm watching the game also because it's really the only game on. And I'm not watching no Warriors game or nothing like that. But So I came on to say that I don't know if it's a good thing that the Correa situation keeps getting dragged out, you know? You're right. You're right. And the longer that it this takes. It could be a good thing, but it could a, be a bad a, thing. A good thing for who? Are you a Mets fan? I, yeah, I'm a Mets fan. So you think the longer that this thing draws out, it's good for the Mets or bad for the Mets? And and follow me here. Is it good for the Mets retaining him for less or bad for the Mets where, like, the longer this goes, other teams could come into play, maybe no deal gets done? What are you thinking? Well, right now I'm thinking, like, you have to say that look at it from the point of where he said, oh, I don't want to reconstruct a contract with the Mets. So, and, but he wants to be in New York. So I don't know if he'd take a shorter-term deal with another team. That's not the Mets. The Mets offered like a shorter-term deal. But I have to think that the Mets would probably get him at this point because I don't see another team coming in. If he fails something with the Mets coming in and swooping him up, 
on the deal he wants, so he knows this is his really only option. It's the money he wants because if he shells a giant physical and then fills a met physical, then there's going to be a little, little skepticism. Oh but yeah, there's a lot of skepticism right now. Everybody's kind of like, "What's the holdup?" Uh, we want to yeah. know. We want to know the details. In my opinion, I just feel like 12 years, 315 million is off the table. Um, because it, yeah. if it wasn't off the table, he would have signed that deal already. I think what the holdup is is that the Mets are saying we 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 absolutely can't sign you for 12 years. Let's negotiate. Yeah, okay. And while you're, I'll be you're honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I do honestly like a six-year deal. Maybe in the in the two hundred range, maybe go up to three hundred if you're gonna overpay him because then whatever could you're all in. But then, I mean, at that point, six. I mean, the max I'd go with him is seven years. But if we sign the twelve year deal, I mean, the thing with the twelve year deal is if you just sign it and then right, and then he just plays and let's say he plays six healthy seasons or six straight healthy seasons, majority of the season healthy. Then I'm fine with that and then. He starts to decline and buy him out like kind of what you do with Cano. Definitely different than Cano, but... I, mean, I think it's funny, that? too, bro, because, like, we are all talking about Steve Cohen's money, and it doesn't matter. He can spend the money. He has it. He's worth $17 billion, whatever. Just pay him. But, no, he's not a fool. He's not going to tie his money up into a guy that most likely is going to be hurt later in his career not be the same player later in his career. I think you got to sign Correa for, like, five years with an option for six. Yeah. He's got to take like five years, one fifty something, and just call kind it a like day. This guy is kind gonna like be rich. Deal. He already is rich. He's just not gonna have the three hundred million dollar contract. But that's because you don't have the health to sign a three hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, it's kind of like the Degrom deal down in Texas. But uh, second point was the Giants. You know, now we got the Colts this weekend, right? Now the one thing that I don't like about this game and got me a little nervous is that the Colts are on a skid. Uh, the Giants need to win and they get in the playoffs and all the teams I've watched, the Rangers, the Mets, they always, uh, Trump always humps them in these games, especially the games they should win. Right. Well, so, I would say this, bro, I, that their coaching staff will have them ready and their coaching staff has been consistent no yeah. matter the game, the opponent, if they're favored, if they're not favored. And this coaching staff for the Colts is led by Jeff Saturday who I think now we can see that Jeff Saturday was not the best decision for an interim head coach to change the fate of the Colts this year. Also, Matt Ryan, you know, they brought him to be the quarterback. Now they're going to Nick Foles after going to Sam Ellinger, and they're a mess. There's no way the Giants should lose this game. I think the Giants have the talent. I think the Giants are coming off a loss. I think the Giants have the head coaches to scheme and plan and prepare to beat the Colts. The Colts are dead men walking. They can't wait for the season to end. This is their last away game, their last road game. I, I doubt they'll be able to get up for this game and beat the Giants, who are playoff bound. This should be a party at MetLife Stadium on the first day of the year, yeah. and I think it'll be glorious for Giants fans to celebrate a win and in scenario in the first year of Shane and Dable. Like, look at the difference a year makes. Yeah, I mean, I love that Hodgins pickup because he definitely boosted the wide receiver court. Credit to Shane and Dable. That's a former Buffalo Bill that they plucked off the practice squad. So they had a relationship with him and knew who he was. And the guy's a big receiver. Yep. He scored some touchdowns. He's he's come in very valuable for this team. You would have been relying on David Sills. Yeah, I mean, last thing I'm going to say is I'm going to go back to the Mets and Correa. I mean, we get Correa. Let's say they do ink the 12-year deal. Let's say the Mets budge in and put a bunch of options towards the end and get like vesting options or team options. 
let's say that's what they're working on. They'll keep it at 12 years, but after like year seven, every year is a vesting or a team or a club, a club or player option, right? So I would do that, right? The only reason I would is because I would do vesting options because you put it on a much games or innings. You have to start a year to play to keep the contract going. I think I just I twelve. There's no reason to go that far with this guy. There's no reason to yeah. sign him at age 28 till he's 40 when all of these doctors. What these doctors are flagging is you know something that looks like a sign of okay, this is going to get worse over time. Um, Boris has come out to say he's perfectly fine. Obviously, he's played with it, this, that, and the other. But I think these doctors are yeah. trying to, like, future cast. Like, this guy's not going to hold up. So why give him a long-term deal, especially when the Mets are in win-now mode? They have Verlander at age 40. They have Scherzer at age 39. Those guys are not going to be here in, in year five, six, seven, and beyond. Yeah. Give Carlos Correa another short, prove-it deal. Uh, he's beat, True. honestly. You know, he's just not going to get that $300 million I mean, contract. It is what it is. Final final things, final thoughts, is Giants got to win. But with Correa, it's basically the way I look at it. If you're going to give vesting options, which I saw was you basically have to play a certain amount of games a season to get the contract to go forward and the Mets can opt out, which I wouldn't mind that. But the 12 years is crazy. I mean, if you want to do like maybe nine years and then a vesting option, then sure, but. I don't know. I think Carlos Correa is a baby, and I think he wants his 12 years. He wants his $315 million, and he's standing hard on that, and Boris yeah. is probably trying to fight that. And the Mets are like, listen, we can't, but we want you. I think both sides want each other. They yeah. both want the you know, I, they want the player. Steve Cohen seemed like he wouldn't take a loss on the player. He didn't. He scooped him up in the middle of the night. He's in Hawaii, and then Correa like wants I to said. play with Lindor. He'll change his position to come to New York and be on a team that's expected to win 100 games again. So they just got to yeah. meet in the middle. But I think the Mets have more leverage. Uh, yeah. I, I think the Mets can kind of call their shot here. Yeah, I mean, he said he wants to be a Met. If he wants to really be a Met, he should take the shorter-term deal. Because let's say he even signs, let's say they go on like a two-year deal. That's what Verlander and Scherzer's on last year. I think he has an option after this year. But let's say they do that deal, right? Let's say that. And he comes out and he absolutely balls. Then you give him, okay, then we'll sign you to a long-term extension because he shows no sign of the injury, right? But for now, bro, I mean, I said ink it, but, you know, as a Mets fan, you're just anxious to want to get done. But you have to take into a point the long-term of the team because you have guys like Beatty, Ramirez, and all these guys, uh, Marcio down in the, in the Dominican League that's tearing up. You have all these young guys, and you don't want to stunt their growth because you have a bad contract on the book that so you're not going to be able to go. So that takes $28 million a year, maybe in six, seven years. That's not as big as contract as it is right now. But you have to still take into account that you're going to stunt those guys' growth because who knows what that – They'll trade those guys. Now. They'll get those guys out of here. If they're, you know, I think they're trying to do both right now. And uh, thanks for the call, young Dom. You're the man, bro. Good stuff. I think they're trying to do both right now. I think they're trying to develop guys for the future, but then at the same time, they want to win now. So they have old guys on short contracts, and then they have the future prospects and Beatty and Alvarez and other guys that could come up. I don't think that they want to tie themselves long-term to Carlos Correa with what he has. He has a plate in his ankle. He has a back injury. He probably has something else that's come up that we don't know about where they're looking at him as damaged goods. They're looking at him as, okay, this guy is going to break down after age 30. He's 28. But we'll see. Maybe Steve Cohen is crazy like that. Maybe he really doesn't care about burning money 
and says, all right, whatever. They don't want to budge. We're going to sign him. And that's a risk that you, that you take, and that's a risk that Mets fans will take. Mets fans want to take. They want the player. They want the bat in their lineup. They want one of the top shortstops moving over to third base to play for them at any cost. And they'll deal with that later. They'll deal with that down the line. And if Steve Cohen has the money to blow, let's go. I don't know what's taking so long. I do know what's taking so long. It's Thursday in between Christmas and New Year's. People are chilling. There's no urgency, right? Opening day is in three months. They're not in a rush. They should be, but it's negotiations. These things take a while, and I guarantee you they're telling them, hey, do not leak anything to Jeff Passan or John Heyman. Let's keep this between us. We'll figure it out sometime this week. If it doesn't get done this week, it'll get done after the new year. Both sides want each other. Just got to figure out the terms. I think they should do a shorter deal, like a five-year deal max. I would not lock into Carlos Correa for more than five years. And give him a higher AAV. Give him give him the money that he wants up front. Uh, this guy will make $300 million in his career. I just don't think he's signing that big $300 million contract anymore. He's, he's failed two physicals. It's sports. He's got to be able to play. He's got to have a, a healthy, athletic body that they expect to you know be able to produce for 12 years and and I don't think any doctors are signing off on that prediction on Long Island it's Steven on the fan hello Steven how you doing uh first time long time calling in about uh Mike White I don't know if um what you think he's going to be doing this week but I just wanted to get your thoughts on what he's going to be doing at the end of the Sunday I think they can win uh, I just don't think it's going to be as easy as everyone has been talking about it, right? It's like, okay, you know, the the Jets are still in it. All they got to do is go beat the Seahawks and Dolphins. It's, it's the NFL, and you got to go on the road and beat a team that's got some guys that have a chip on their shoulder, like Geno Smith, who's a former player on the Jets, and Pete Carroll. And, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks have kind of slowed their pace down. They were winning in the beginning of the season. They were in first place for a little while. And they've struggled, but I don't know. I look at them as a team that the Jets, they're not going to lay down for the Jets. So Mike White, after missing um, the last two weeks and having some sore ribs, he's got to come in and light them up. I think he can, but it's going to take a full team game. The, the Jets' defense has to step back up to playing at the levels that they were at, and they got to try and stop DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. We'll see if those guys play. Uh, Kenneth Walker, those guys are limited in practice, but I think they'll be all full go. Because as it currently stands, the Seahawks are still in it. So if they're trying to, you know, get a wild card spot, they're trying to win this game, and so are the Jets. So, so it's a it's a playoff game on both sides. I get that, I get that. But you know, I'm I'm just I'm trying to get your thoughts because we saw Mike White perform against the Vikings, but not at the end of not enough. And we saw him we saw him perform against the against the Bills, but again, not at the end of. So just trying to get your thoughts on what he would do at the end of the Seahawks. You know, I. I mean, we'll see what happens when the game gets to the end of the game. Thanks for the call, Steven. Like, is he going to be able to close? I don't know. Is he going to be able to punch the ball in the end zone? I don't know. Is he going to be able to lead the team on the drive that seals the game? I don't know. We'll see how the game plays out. We hope. We hope so. Uh, we we hope he's better than Zach Wilson. We know he's better than Zach Wilson. We hope that he can put drives together, put points on the board, and give the defense a rest. But... Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are an NFL team. The Seahawks are 7-8, and eight, and like I said, they were in first place, and they're still in the mix in the NFC for one of those wild-card spots. I don't think they're going to end up being in it, 
Uh, like they they just had a, a rough go at it. I think they had to face the Niners and then they had to face the Chiefs. They're on the bubble right now at seven and eight. Second in the NFC West. They've got the Lions under them, the Packers under them. Um, they lost to the Panthers, and that's what threw them off. But they lost to the Panthers at home. Um 30 to 24. The Jets have to be able to score points, right? You got to go into Washington, face the 12th man. You're not going to beat them scoring 20 points. You're not going to beat them kicking field goals. You got to score touchdowns. The Seahawks lost to the Raiders at home. The Raiders put up 40 points. And if you remember that game, that was the game Josh Jacobs went insane. Can the Jets establish the run this week? I doubt it. I'd love I'd love to see it tried. I'd love to see an attempt at running the football in the cold in literally January football. It'll be January 1st. I'd love to see the Jets hand the ball off 20 times and try and establish the run, get the run going. So it's not like they're just teeing off on Mike White. And it's not like they're depending on Mike White to save the day and make all the throws, be the savior, be the hero. It's a lot of pressure on this guy. The team has to win. The team has to come together. And the Seahawks need this win. The Seahawks have the Rams the week after at home. They're looking like, hey, if we win these last two games at home, we'll be 9-8, and eight, and we should be right there in the mix. That's why we watch, and that's why we wait, and that's why we don't know. Keep McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. We can break right here. We're talking Jets. We're talking Mets a little bit. We should talk some Giants. I'll take your Yankees calls. But really, I'm going to start bringing it back around to the NBA conversation and the Brooklyn Nets. They're the story of the night. I opened up the show talking about the Nets. I said you can run from it. You can hide from it. You can try and call it whatever you want to call it. But the Nets are a good basketball team. They're one of the best teams in the NBA right now. And if they stay healthy and they keep winning, you're going to see a team make a good run through the playoffs like Nets fans have been hoping here in Brooklyn. I don't know if we can say the same about the Knicks. So Knicks fans, stop hating. Uh, we get it. The Knicks run the city. It's a Knicks town, all that. But this may be the year that it comes together for Brooklyn. And wouldn't that be swell? Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Good evening. Shout out to all you cool cats and groovy chicks out there tuning in to WFAN, 1019 FM, easy sports talk listening with your host, me, Keith McPherson. Come on in. We got some sports to talk about, not yell about. Nobody's fighting around here. We're too cool for that. Call me up. 877-337. A six, a six, and two more sixes, baby. Keep McPherson on the fan. <laughs> Let's get back into it, yo. What beat was that? <laughs> that just put me in that vibe, you know? Do you not know at all? Like, you have no guesses? No, what beat was that? All right, so you want me to get, make you a, a that, guessing game, or do you want me yeah, to just yeah, tell yeah, you? Yeah, 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 Lead me into uh, the, the answer. So, uh, circa... Early and this is off the top, but early mid nineties. Okay. Um, I don't want to give it away too quickly, but he hip had hop. A, yes, yes. Solo artist. Solo artist in his second and more more known career, uh, and also has a different persona 
if you will, than who he is actually from like an identity standpoint. LL? No. Uh, more uh, obscure and more over the top. He's got another career outside of rapping, making music. Is he an actor? No, no, no. That's why Sorry. I said LL. Unclear. Um, before he was a solo artist, he was in a group in the late 80s, but that's relatively unknown. No, I'm not going to guess this one. Go Ma ahead. He has a mask. He wears a mask ex exclusively. He wears a mask? MF Doom? Yes, sir. <laughs> Damn, I don't know why I didn't even think of that to start with. Makes sense. I had a, I had a year or two where I had an MF Doom kick, and uh, I had a friend that was putting me on. They never really caught with me, but now that I'm thinking of it, I'm like, I should have just thought of that. Rap supervillain. Give it another go. Rest in peace. Keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up, man. We're hanging out, passing the time in the holidays, early Thursday morning, December 29th. And uh, I told you I'm going to bring that conversation back around to the Nets. If my, Met, if my Nets fans, Nets, Mets, Jets fans, a lot of you are still listening, uh, the Brooklyn Nets are looking right now to climb um, the standings. I think when my show started, I had in my notes uh, the Brooklyn Nets at 23 and 12 were the number um, four team. They're the number two team in the East. And I think now they have a better record than the Denver Nuggets and the New Orleans Pelicans. So they've got the second best record in the NBA. You can run from it. You can call it whatever you want to call it. You can tap dance around everything else, and it'll probably just sound like a lie. Oh, there's no Nets fans. Nobody goes to the games. That's a lie. They sell out every game. This Nets world has been built. There are young fans that you're just not aware of. There are young kids that chose the Nets 10 years ago. They're growing up, and they're rocking with this team. And KD and Kyrie have been ridiculous this whole month. This is what it's supposed to look like. You think those guys know that this could be their last run? This could be a 30 for 30 down the road. This is their last dance, potentially. We don't know if Josai is going to extend Kyrie. We don't know if he's got plans of keeping him together with KD. KD's got another couple years on his contract, three years on his contract, something like that. We don't know if he's going to put 7-Eleven together in the future after all the things he's had to deal with with Kyrie. And as a businessman, you understand the Nets duo in December, Durant is averaging 28.8 points per game. Kyrie is averaging 28.3 per game. They're efficient. KD is 58-40 and 94. <laughs> Kyrie is 51-42-91. You have two of the best players in the NBA in their prime, and they finally have a coach. And KD gives it up every day in the postgame. He's talking about their roles. He's talking about the structure. The biggest move for the Brooklyn Nets was undoing the mistakes that they made in the Sean Marks era. And, I, you know, Sean Marks is back in the circle of trust. Nets fans used to say, in Marks we trust, because he brought us back to the playoffs, back to prominence with no picks. When they said the Nets would be down for a decade plus, he was able to find some talent make some moves, and the Nets were able to get back to the playoffs multiple times under Kenny um, Kenny Atkinson. Shout out to Kenny Anderson. But now, 
he's finally assembled a roster of talent around 7-Eleven that they look like a team, and the biggest move was to undo these two moves. Steve Nash was the guy that they hired with no coaching experience. It was a splash name in New York. Oh, Steve Nash. The guy was not cut out for the job. He, he was never cut out for the job. He was in over his head like Zach Wilson. So they had to finally undo that. They should have undone that after he got swept out of the first round last year. How do you have Katie and Kyrie and you're, you can't win a game? But they waited, and they let the Nets start off 1-5, and five, and then Kyrie put the link out there, and I'm sure Nash wanted to step away because he didn't want to ans- answer questions on that. So they fired him, and we thought Ime Udoka was coming in. No, can't add that circus to this circus. It would have been a mess. So you go with Jacques Vaughn. You hire up internally your high-paid assistant coach. He's been here. He's a former player here. They respect him. He's a basketball mind. He's a basketball guy. And he's got the Nets playing incredible basketball. They're the hottest team in the league. That's 10 wins in a row. And you just start hoping and dreaming. Pray for help, Nets fans. Katie and Kyrie got to stay healthy. Kyrie's got to keep it to basketball, focus on, you know, his family and who and all the other extra outside stuff and all the other extra messages. You don't need it because if this is the last run of 7-Eleven in Brooklyn, they got to get a chip. They got to get to the finals. That's what this whole thing was supposed to be about anyway. Let's see. it. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. I know you guys want to talk about Zach Wilson, Mike White, the Jets. Nobody wants to talk about the Nets. I get it. I understand. You guys are either not basketball fans, not Nets fans, or Knicks fans. But you're not going to be able to avoid this topic of conversation. Everybody's talking about it. It's finally starting to come together for Katie and Kyrie. I know you want them to be villains, but they're just hoopers. They're just pure hoopers. They they play basketball at the highest level. And they've got a coach now. And Ben Simmons is a good little role player. And Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren and Nick Claxton took a step forward, right? When I say they gambled on, guys, they gambled on a non-guaranteed contract for Utah Watanabe. He's been shooting well. Royce O'Neal, I think they traded a pick four. They bring him in, veteran. He's worked out well. Uh, Who else? Edmund Sumner coming back from an Achilles. TJ Warren coming back from a foot injury. Not sure how they would be. They've been effective. Speaking of injuries, Joe Harris has been hurt, and they've been doing all this without Joe Harris. I don't think there's a spot for Joe Harris. Unless he's going to take the Patty Mills type spot. I don't see that happen. Patty Mills, he's a liability on the Nets. They actually found a way for him to play more minutes, and he was contributing tonight. Cool, whatever. They're figuring it out. It depends on the matchup and who it is. Uh, I'm not mad at the Nets, man. I'm I'm just hoping. I'm ready to be hurt again. As a Nets fan, Nets fans know it's been rough. And as soon as you start to dream, something comes out of nowhere, you know. I said there was two things that they they had to undo, and I didn't get to my second one before we go back to the phones. Steve Nash was one. They undid that. Fired him, hired Jacques Vaughn. Well, last year they had to get Harden out of here, and they had to undo the Harden trade. You're not going to get Jared Allen back. You're not going to get Karis LeVert back. But they did get Ben Simmons and Steph Curry. Steph Curry. (laughs) Could you imagine that? Seth Curry, his brother. They did get Ben Simmons and Seth Curry. And Ben's been decent. He ain't been all-star. 
And Seth's been all right. Better than James Harden would have been. James Harden was anti. He quit. I actually watched him quit on the team. Nets fans, call me up if you're out there. You got to be feeling yourselves. It's a good time to be a Nets fan. This Nets world has been built. And through every turn, other fan bases have wanted to laugh at the Nets. Now it seems like all these other fan bases are oohing and on at this Nets team now. Uh, I saw Mike Biseglia put that out there. Like, I've like, never seen other fan bases just like ooh and ah over a team's highlights. Yeah, of course. Because Katie and Kyrie are fun to watch. And when you throw Ben Simmons in there bringing the ball up the court, it's fun to watch. When you have TJ Warren, who's a bucket, it's fun to watch. Utah Watanabe, an unknown, knocking down three. It is fun to watch. Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, dunking on guys, playing tough. The Nets have an entertaining team. The Nets have a good coach, and they have a good chance to make a run this year. We got to embrace it. We got to talk about it. We got to stop acting like the Nets play in Kansas. They play in New York. They're right down the street in Brooklyn. You can get on the train and go see them. And as we get closer to the warmer months, they're going to keep getting better. They're going to keep developing more chemistry. They're going to keep going through tight games and and, uh, coming out on top like they did last night. And I understand if you're a Knicks fan, it's built into you to just hate the Nets, hate the Nets. But it's been a decade. They're not going anywhere. They found a home. This is a team that bounced around New York and New Jersey. They found a home in Brooklyn, and it's starting to look like what it's supposed to look like. And there's a chance that they could make a run at the NBA Finals. There's really like two teams that stand in their way in the East, in my opinion, the Bucks and the Celtics. And they beat the Bucks. They're about to run it uh, with the Celtics on January 12th. I'll probably have to go to that game, see for myself. I'll see y'all at Barclays Center. I know nobody's going to talk about the Nets, but I will. I will. Okay, there we go. We got a call about the Nets. <laughs> Ron is in Fort Greene. What's up, Ron? You're on the fan. Every, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying about the Nets, man. I was at the game Friday against Milwaukee, and the Barclays Center is hopping, man. It's a lot of fun to go to Atlantic Avenue now. Yep. It's different and now. I it took them it. some time, but now there's all Nets jerseys in there, and Nets they fans. Are on a roll. Me and my friends be texting about them. Yep. These guys is the real deal. And, you know, KD should be starting to get mentioned as MVP candidate. This guy plays every game. I think he has the most minutes in the league. Yep. He plays all the time. Yeah, they disrespect him, though. They'll put everybody else above him. They'll put Luka. They'll put Giannis. They'll put uh, John Morant. They got all these guys, and they all were the candidates. But KD is right there. KD is, and he's leading the way, and he's the face of this thing. And, uh, you know, Kyrie, too. I love love in the fourth quarter when you see Kyrie taking over. We all know what it is, man. Having these guys. What moves he had tonight. Oh, the moves he was putting on. Incredible. He was so much fun to watch. He's an he artist. He just got to stick to basketball and let his personal business stay there. Yes, and, and we, you know, that's all I we want. I just want to say to you, thanks for having Susan and Tony on the air. That was very good. Of course, of course. They, I mean, they yeah, do me thank a Thank you solid. so much, man. They part of our history, isn't it? Right. And Tony and Susan. Right. They've been doing this a lot longer than me. I've been able to talk to both of them, you know, off air for advice and uh, they they've been gracious, so I kind of pay it back. But really, they they're hooking me up by giving me time by being guests on my show. I'll I'll always try and bring you know Tony, Steve, Summers, Susan. I got to reach out to John Sterling and check on him. Hey, that's a good deal, man. 
these guys have still got it. They still got it. Um, thanks for everything. You're absolutely right about the Nets. Thanks for the call, Ron. I know y'all hear me out there. I know there's some Nets fans that they, they don't call, but they're listening and they're nodding their heads. You know, speaking of the MVP, uh, <laughs> right now, let's see. December 28th was yesterday. They put tightest MVP race of all time in the NBA. Tatum is plus 250. Luka is plus 330. Giannis is plus 400. I, I didn't even mention Nikola Jokic is plus 450. KD is now plus 900. Embiid is plus 1,000. They're going to put five, six guys in front of KD before they mention KD. But if the Nets keep winning like this, which they will, right? They They avoided one tonight. This could have been a trap game tonight. This could have been a landmine tonight. They survived that one. Well, okay. Coming up next, coming up next, looking at the net schedule, they got the Hornets on Saturday. That should be a dub. They got the Spurs at home, coming back home on Monday. That should be a dub. Then they go to Chicago, face the Bulls. The Bulls are tough, but that should be a dub. The Bulls are having a down year. Like, you know, the Bulls can play tough. They got some guys that can play tough, but they're not having the greatest year. So this win streak is at 10. I expect it to go at least to 12. Beat the Hornets, beat the Spurs, and then we'll have a happy new year. We'll, we'll walk into the new year Monday, and uh, the Nets keep rolling. The Nets keep rolling. Got another Nets call. Let's go, Nets. Frank is in Yonkers on the fan. What up, Frankie? Dude, oh, it's so glad to hear someone uh of a kindred spirit. I'm really thrilled about this turnaround. I was so depressed earlier in the season. Same. Same. It took so long to make the coaching change, you know. And um, now they finally wound up with the right coach. And you're right, Josiah has to extend Kyrie after the season. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, KD doesn't want to stay here by himself. No. And that's the whole reason that KD was kind of requesting a trade and forcing himself out. Like, all right, you're... You're not going to extend Kyrie. Kyrie opts in, though, and plays this year. What are you guys doing to get this team better? Like, what are you guys putting around me? What are you doing to, you know, so that it's not just me getting double teamed by the Celtics in the playoffs with no options, uh, Bruce Brown running around or Goran Dragic or, or Andre Drummond or whoever they had. This is this has been great. And like you said, it was toxic in the beginning of the year. You know, I went to to opening night, and then I stayed away because I'm like, here we go again. You know, Steve Nash sucks. The team sucked. Ben Simmons wasn't playing, so people are like, oh, what a waste. You know, they take on Ben Simmons. He's not good. Uh, you know, KD had his comments in the paper, and then, of course, the whole Kyrie thing blew up because they were waiting for Kyrie to do anything so they could villainize him. You had the black Israelites outside of Barclays Center protesting saying the Holocaust yeah, isn't real. I was like, I'm, I'm staying away. I want to watch basketball. I want to watch good basketball. I'm not into everything else. Everything else has nothing to do with hoop. Now they got back to basketball. They got the right guy coaching them up, and they have more talent on this team than I think people realize. Yeah, such a great bench now. It's amazing. You I need it. You can't is. win in this league, and we've seen it, right? KD almost beat Giannis in the Bucks by himself. He had Jeff Green and Blake Griffin with him. Kyrie was hurt. Harden was hurt. Like, you need a bench. You need depth. You need guys. KD was leading the league in minutes. They're able to, like, you know, run some different sets and some different rotations to give him some rest now. It's good to see TJ Warren is available and contributing. It's good to see Utah has an expanded role. Ben Simmons has gotten more confidence. Like, 
they're, they have young guys that they're not even together. using. Keep the team together. You know, no, no changes right now. Talk to me at the trade deadline. Exactly. And at the trade deadline, they could potentially enhance this team. They could move some guys that aren't getting any playing time and maybe add one more piece that pushes this team over the top where it's like, hey, like I think the you know the biggest thing that this team is going to need is maybe another center. Ben has been great defensively. Nick Nick Claxton has been tough as well. But when you're looking at the Giannis's and the Embiid's and the Nikola Jokic's in the paint, it's like I don't I don't know who I don't know who's out there. But like you might want another big body, a bigger body than than a Nick Claxton or a Ben Simmons to to deal with yeah, them. Ideally, you would, but I'm just afraid to touch the chemistry of this team right now. Yeah. Yeah, Jock Vaughn's got it figured out with who he has. I don't think he's he's asking for anyone else. Thanks for the call, Frank. Let's go Nets. All right, um, let's break it down here. It's already about to be 1 o'clock, so we got to go to the break, pay some bills. When we come back, I've got one hour left, so call me up, add to my show. Maybe there's something else going on that we haven't spoken on yet. Keep McPherson on the fan. The number is 877-337-6666. We'll be right back after this.